Hey, it's Kevin Gilliland from Innovation 360. You're listening to Chasing Dreams Podcast with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams Podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. This is Amy J, and thank you guys so much for tuning in to episode 222 of Chasing Dreams. Guys, we are in for a treat. We're going to have a good conversation. It's interesting. Uh, in these COVID 19 streets that we are in and we find ourselves, you know, um, it's different. Our world has changed in the last month and a half plus, right? This episode is airing May 13th. Uh, and my guest and I were recording this in March. So we're kind of in the midst of it when we're talking to you. And I had a whole different direction to go in (laughs) with Kevin. And um, that's not what we're going to do. So either way, I have a wonderful guest, a new friend, Kevin Gilliland. He is here. He is an expert in mental health, depression, and addiction, amongst other things. He is also the author of the Struggle Well, Live Well book, which we'll link to in the description. You guys can check that out. And, you know... There's so many ways we could have gone with this, Kevin. But oh, first of all, how are you doing in these crazy, crazy COVID-19 uh, times? In these strange days, Gosh. right? It, normal has been shattered. And in this very abnormal time, um, you know, I'm doing okay. I'm Good. doing okay. All things considered, doing okay. But man, check with me tomorrow. <laughs> Holy cow. I how you say that, though. Uh, all things considered, because, you know... Um, the title of this episode, Managing Mental Health at All Stages of Success. And Uh, I feel like we've gone ahead. The world, guys, has turned our definitions around and just thrown it out the window. Like uh, we've, people have been furloughed. People have lost their jobs. Teachers have found themselves without a classroom. Some have gone from physical to virtual. Yeah, yeah. Healthcare professionals are on the front lines and retail employees, especially in the restaurant and food industry, have become our saviors with Uh, working in grocery stores and takeout and carryout. You guys are people who before were not, um, I'm not going to say people were, I guess people were looked down, but like low esteem and people like, that's not a job for me and all that. Now it's like, God bless you guys. Mind you, I didn't have that. I didn't have that thought. Okay. I have all the respect for all occupations, but it, the world has changed. And oh, so my goodness. from your perspective and what you've seen and talked to, and I'm, you're still in business because you provided an essential yeah. service, right? Of mental health and, and yeah. health there. What are you seeing from people right now? Oh my goodness. It's well, the, the stress and worry hits two really important things to us humans. One, our health and two, our finances are, our security really. And, and this is unlike anything we've ever seen because most world, most events that, that we've been through impact a sector of the world, whether it was nine and 10, the financial crisis, it didn't impact everybody and it didn't impact the entire world. 
this is unlike anything. And so that stress really is hitting on both those places. And, you know, you talk about what we do, and I'm a psychologist and been at Innovation 360 now for 13 years, 14 years. Usually we deal with things, sometimes we're part of it, and sometimes we're helping people that are in it. But everybody you're with and meet with is talking about it and how do they manage it. And they also have maybe a mood disorder, anxiety disorder, family issues, and this on top of it. And then we, as counselors, psychologists, therapists, are dealing with the same things at home. Are we going to be able to pay rent? Are we going to be healthy? We're caring for elderly Mm -hmm. parents. How are you doing with or taking care of an aunt or an uncle? And you worry about them. It's those that are and those physicians and nurses on the front lines that we're trying to keep healthy. And then those of us trying to help people manage through this well, it's nobody's getting a break. Um, yeah. yeah. And so it's, it's a really trying, difficult time. And so, you know, we talk a lot about, and there's a lot of studies and research on compassion fatigue or secondary trauma or whatever you want to call it. Um, it's forcing all of us to be mindful of the things we talk about all the time and literally to go day to day of, okay, I got to look at the important things I need Mm -hmm. to check off every single day because I've got to take care of myself. If I have any hope of being able to take care of the people that are counting on me. So it's challenging in a way we've never seen in healthcare. I think you hit the nail on the head in the, the, thing is, is right we've we've been so focused a lot of things um people are focused on right the obvious your physical health are you mm-hmm. getting food right do you have money and some have been impacted by those things but i think the one thing we try not to think about or are quick to forget is our mental health our mental well-being uh, and wellness overall especially in times where you're just not sure what to do oh man I, i'm telling and and that's where we're starting to realize we've known for some time that our mental health is inseparable from our physical health and we've we've had lots of really good data especially from cardiovascular disease and from cancer in fact the um the us task force on preventive medicine for cardiovascular disease here i think in 2018 maybe it was 19, said that we have to start screening for depression and high-risk individuals because depression is one of the warning signs or symptoms that can be a precursor for cardiovascular disease. And when we have cancer or chronic pain and we have untreated sort of worry, stress, mood, it gets all rolled together. We know that treatment is not as effective the course of the illness tends to be longer and the success of whatever intervention, whether it's chemotherapy or invasive heart procedures, the success rate is worse for people that have untreated anxiety or mood disorders. And so you go, okay, it's connected. And if I have any chance of being successful of managing this virus and my changes in employment, which by the way, are some of the same things of, Am I going to end up starting my own business or running my own business? It's the same skill set. You've got to have the same skill set, which is I have to be as mentally sharp as I can be and as physically sharp as I can be if I have any chance of being successful. It's true in sports and it's true in business. 
you know, the the way this has forced us and some at the time of this airing, guys, you may still be in a shelter at place uh, situation. Yeah. You may still not be able to go out. It may be essential personnel only. And that may have changed. We're not sure. I mean, I can't predict the future, but I, 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 I will tell you this. Either. Yeah, I can tell you this. It's a virus. Yeah. And the shelter in place is not killing the virus. We're just trying to avoid mm-hmm. um, overcrowding, basically ventilators at hospitals. Then hospitals don't have a lot of ventilators. And if you're in the high-risk group and it gets bad, you're going to need a ventilator. And hospitals may have four or five or eight or ten. That's it. And so we're trying to avoid that. In no way, shape, or form does anybody in the medical community believe that this will kill the virus. It's not going to. We're just trying to slow the progression. So we can handle it? it? Yeah. If you think about flu, and this isn't flu, but a flu is a virus that spreads similar to COVID-19. When we have a severe case of the flu, it was back uh, seven years ago that schools stopped for a week because flu numbers got so high at schools that they're like, all right, we're going to step away for a week and lower it, but it's not going to cure it. Right. And so for the next 12 months, we're going to be dealing with this impacting people. Mm -hmm. We're just trying to do it in a way that we can manage it medically and economically. So I promise you, when people are listening to this, they may not be sheltering in place but they're still washing their hands and still practicing some distancing. And we may be meeting in groups that are a little bit larger, but we're, we've got to be really mindful of, we're not going to have a vaccine for this thing for months and months and months, closer to a year if we Mm -hmm. fast track it. And so we're going to have to practice a lot of different business practices, but also health practices for the rest of this year. So when we're talking about something that's changed our point of view. It's changed our way of life. It's changed yeah. how we operate. And you probably are seeing this now with the people you're working with. Um, but for us who are thrown all sorts of ways, come in and oh, I'm like, man. you know, for we talked about it off the record a little bit, but people who aren't used to being work from home, oh. it's a new world. People who are furloughed, what can we tell them at least just to kind of start in helping them? What what can be said? Yeah, it's you really have to break life up into manageable segments. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've worked with some, I've just had a chance to work with some really wonderful people across my life and worked in hospice for a while, worked with people that have terminal illness and or with dementia. And you go, you know what? There are times that life gets so difficult. We have to manage it a day at a time. And just look at, all right, today, what can I do? Mm. Um, And whether that's, I've been transitioned where I'm working remotely. All right, what can I do today to do a little bit better job than I did yesterday of making this adjustment? And how how can I stay mindful of my thoughts? Because when we're concerned or fearful, our thoughts want to jump to the future. Um, and, And that's about the one place we can't do anything. Yeah. Um, the only other place is in the past. And so you go, okay, how do I anchor myself today to the things I need to do that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt are good for me mentally and physically and work-wise, whether it's finding a job or performing the same job in a very strange environment. What can I do today to be a little bit more successful? And the one thing that we're starting to see already is the that necessity is the mother of invention. 
Mm. And sometimes the mother of reinvention, um, I, I talk about, and there's a lot of good data on breathing and meditation. There's a lot of good information out there on just getting outside or playing games or interacting with people. And what you're seeing is some of this revisiting of things that are just good for us in the moment. They're just good medicine. And so that's what I would say when, when we find ourselves in situations that feel unmanageable, mm-hmm. manage what you can. And we can always manage something. Um, one of my favorite authors and books, I read it. In fact, I, I probably will start reading it again, um, is Man's Search for Meaning. Um, which is Viktor Frankl. And it's, it's a spectacular book about, he's a physician, was an Austrian physician that ended up in a concentration camp and was liberated. And he just talks about how do you find space, even in such conditions as that, that we can have some control and, and, and ultimately talks about, we do have control over our attitude and what we focus on. And even if it's, I may not be able to control my job or press forward with my, but I can have some control over my health physically and mentally. And, and so I think we have to look for where can we make a difference and not get too far into the future. So when you mentioned breathing, uh, it brought me up to a post you had made. I think it was a story. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so I found it on uh, IG. Okay. If you're not, follow, follow Kevin on IG. It's also in the thing. I think it's um, Dr. Underscore Kevin G. You guys can That's find it. him there. Right? So you, you actually put a post, and I saw this on a TV show where um, I, 9-11, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. show that was. And um, they were talking about the importance of breathing, just as you just did. And I think for some of us... Um, in this crazy world, we probably should practice some of this. Uh, and so can we talk a little bit about breathing? Because when I read it, um, and it might be in his highlights, uh, but when you talk about it, you say, um, hyper-focus on your environment and look for patterns, like five things that are blue, or five, yeah. or find three things that are triangles, or look for 10 different textures. And you also go on to say about focusing on your breath and how Focusing, and this might actually be someone else who said it, but you pointed it out. Focusing on your breath naturally only allows you to return back to the present moment and also temporarily pauses your brain. And yes. sometimes we want to feel like we can pause our brain. Yes. And so okay. can you talk about the importance of this yeah. and, and how it can help us? Because I feel like sometimes we're so overwhelmed and I get yeah. anxious, right? Especially yeah. with, when you start thinking, I spiral. What, yes. What should we do? Okay, so full disclosure, I was such a doubting Thomas when it comes to all this data. Cause I'm like, okay, <laughs> really? I mean, breathing, what is it? Okay. So I, I end all up, the time. I know you go, oh, okay, what is, so I start tinkering with it. I start looking into some meditation and practicing some different apps. And then I stumbled across some research done by a cardiologist at Harvard, Herbert Benson. And this guy's been studying breathing and relaxation breathing for three decades at a little place called Harvard. And he, no cardiologist, cardiologists don't even believe we exist above the neck, right? Because it's all hard. It's all right. That's now, our focus, he's, right? He's mm-hmm. not like that. And so he was actually looking at breathing, and and that be- it's called belly breathing, 
Okay. Um, if you're if you sing, it's how they diaphragmatic breathing. It's how singers can carry a note for so long. If people do yoga, they've practiced it. If you've eaten, um, if you've ever been someplace and you finally got to kick your heels up and you're like, oh gosh, you know, we do one of those. That's that kind of breath, okay. and it's the kind of breath that triggers a nerve that sends a message to our brain that's the opposite of fight and flight. Mm. And when we start getting panicky, we've accidentally triggered the fight or flight response. Our heart rate goes up. Our breathing gets a little shallow. We, we don't even realize it, but we've triggered that response. That's supposed to turn on and off. But when we take that belly breath, that diaphragmatic breathing, it triggers the opposite response, which almost nobody knows what that system is called. It's called rest and digest. Yeah, how about that? Because if we if our system has to fight or flee, we don't need to digest food and we don't need to do calculus. But when we're eating, we need blood in our stomach. We don't need it in our muscles. And so our bodies shift so that we settle and we're in a restful place. And so Benson was studying blood pressure and would teach people this relaxation breathing and have them practice it and then compare it to, quote, treatment as usual, which was either medication or eating right and exercising to see what would lower blood pressure. And study after study, the breathing would lower blood pressure, sometimes to where people didn't need to be on heart medications. And, and a lot of times better than eating right and exercising. And so the more I started tinkering with it and experimenting with it and also sharing and talking with clients about it, it's unbelievable how, as a tool or a technique, that alone can slow our minds down because it triggers the opposite response. I do some legal work. Mm -hmm. And so I, I was going into court with somebody that was going to be at a really difficult case. And I hadn't worked with them. I was like, listen, here's what I want you to do. Um, if you start getting nervous, just breathe from your belly. Just put your hand on your stomach. And that's where you should lead with your stomach. She was saying after she goes, I can't thank you enough for talking about the breathing. I did that several times and it just calms my mind down. It's, it's fantastic. Now, is it going to work all the time and for everybody? No. But when it comes to options, that is an incredibly powerful option that most of us don't even test out. But I'm telling you, if you did, if you had to say, okay, Kevin, give me one thing to help us at times like this where we can slow our minds down. It is hands down. Learn to do that kind of breathing because it's invaluable. Now there are times again, you'll need, you'll need more, but man, that's, it's, Oh my gosh, it's a fantastic tool. So, so yes. So Kevin, let's, let's get specific then. How do I do this? Well, if you don't know what kind of breathing we're talking about, watch a YouTube clip. There's tons of them. And what, do, what kind of clip should I look up? Um, look up belly breathing or okay. diaphragmatic breathing. And um, if you're a guy that's older, older than 40 and had kids or you're an aunt or an uncle, guys especially will goof around with kids and push their stomachs out like they got a big stomach. Well, it's you want to breathe so that you push and lead with your stomach, not with your chest, not with your lungs. You're in essence starting at the bottom of your lungs and that triggers a nerve it sends a message that we're resting and digesting. Okay. And so you want to practice it before you need it. 
And so that's the mistake most people make is that they're like, I tried it. Well, you tried it in the midst of being horribly anxious. You, yeah. you can't, you got to <laughs> practice it before you need it. Watch clips of it and practice for a while and then get a couple of different apps or a lot of free apps out there on meditation that are just about practicing that breathing. And you will start to see, again, it's just a tool that a lot of people have gotten some really positive results out of, and it's absolutely worth trying. And guys, I'm going to try and find a few links and we'll put it in the show notes. That's not a... All, That'd be great. These are everything, but it'll give you a few starting points to start That's a great YouTube. one. They'll have related videos. At least it'll be connected. Well, and I if, think what you're saying is important. We got to practice. So I'm, I'm telling you. I was, yeah, I was reading some article and I can't remember the magazine. It was talking about a CEO in Silicon Valley that um, he was saying six or seven times a day, sitting at his desk, he'll take like three or four of those breaths. Mm-hmm. Just to go, okay, just to slow his mind down and go, all right, now let me come back to my to-do list. But he would, he would do it several times a day. And that's the thing is you don't need to be a yogi and yep. um, get, get, you don't have to do that. Well, it's interesting you say that because uh, Todd Herman, the author of the book, mm-hmm. Alter Ego, uh, yeah. I just started reading it, but I saw a post that he had made where he did an interview in these times with 25 CEOs of varying um, reputation. And what he found in his study was that the most successful, the ones who had the most positive outcome or were handling it the best were ones who practiced meditation and breathing. And I was so fascinated by that because it's like, wow, it's the small things. It's it's stuff like this that anyone can do, guys. Anyone can do this. And it's making the difference. And you would be shocked at how many people do it. It's funny. It's one of those things that a lot of people don't talk about it. Mm Um, but it is, it's cause we don't know what meditation is and it's, and, and I think that's part of why Benson referred to it as relaxation breathing. Mm. You know, when we talk about meditation, especially in the U S we associate that with Eastern religion. And if you're not of an Eastern religion or you're not of a religious orientation, you sort of steer away from it, which is a shame. Um, and so when you look at Benson's work on relaxation response, relaxation breathing, it's the exact same thing which is how do I breathe in such a way that slows my mind and I kind of give myself a little bit of a break so that I can step back into whatever it is I need to do, but to settle my mind and my thoughts. Because if you're starting your own business, running your own business, or trying to deal with times like this, it takes very little for our minds to get off and running on pure anxiety. It's I had an interview. <laughs> I had an interview a week ago, and I was it was a TV, and I was I was talking about look, there's legitimate health concerns, and then there is pure unadulterated human anxiety. When we have people buying toilet paper like that, yeah. that is just a an embarrassing example of humans when we're anxious. Yeah. Is that we start getting hyper vigilant, and before you know it, we're doing stuff that you go, okay, why are you buying toilet paper? Because there is nothing from the CDC or World Health Organization that's like, hey, this whole corona thing, you're going to need toilet paper. (laughs) People. And so that's one of those, again, but you have to just go, all right, I need to just catch my breath and just settle my mind because we make better choices. In in fact, if you've ever been one of those that took a test, you're like, I just, I knew the material, but I just... My mind went blank. Mm -hmm. That is the most accurate description of the fight or flight response. Because what you also don't realize is we drain all the blood out of our frontal cortex because we don't need it. 
We don't need to do calculus if I'm having to run or if I'm having to defend myself and fight. So in the blink of an eye, our body shifts blood out of this region of the brain. So you actually really did go blank. You went blank. You, yes. Why? Because you drained all the energy and resources out of that part of your brain. So we can have the same thing happen when we're trying to build a business or we're trying to deal with this situation. So it serves us well to a couple of times a day, just quote, catch our breath. You know, there's a lot of uh, stuff coming out now because almost everyone's an expert and has an opinion on what we should be doing during these times when we are shelter in place, when Mm -hmm. we are at home. Some are saying now is the time to be creative. This is your only chance to do it or lose it and, you know, forever be regretful. And then there are others who are saying, no, now is the time for you to relax and you should just, you know, do what feels right and just, you know, you're never going to get this chance again, right? Everyone has an opinion on what should be done. And then you're caught in the middle because you're like, do I feel guilty for choosing one over the other? And it's just that in itself brings some kind of anxiety towards it, especially when you start thinking about tomorrow and the day after tomorrow and what happens. And so I got to ask, is anybody right in this situation about what you should be doing? Yeah. And what, how do we answer that for ourselves? Yeah, we'll know in a couple of years. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, look, I, and I, I have a, a segment of people that I talk to, right? It's the folks that are really struggling. But mm-hmm. um, I, I can tell you from when you look at the news or listen to things, we are all concerned, whether it's, there's two big concerns. Again, our health, and our economic viability. And that's at a large level and that's at an individual level. And so even at home, some of the conversations I've had with people that are working from home, they're like, okay, this will be great. I can get stuff done, you know, for work. And I can also tinker around the house. And what they're finding is there's no tinkering around the house because you're so busy trying to figure out how to work from home. And it takes longer to get things done when you're working from home and you really miss working with other people and that relationship, even if you're not a quote extrovert, which always cracks me up. People are like, I'm not an extrovert. And I'm like, look, there are not a lot of people are extroverts, but you didn't realize you're, you're not an Island either. There's a reason you don't live <laughs> yeah. anywhere on a TV show made in Alaska in the middle of nowhere because mm-hmm. you're relational. And so that's the, that's one of the biggest shocking pieces for people that are at home is how much they miss interacting with colleagues at work. And so I, I would say that what people are surprised by is how much they're having to do things to just keep feeling okay in this time mm-hmm. that haven't created quite as much room for the, the projects. Um, Now, if you're doing pretty good, then yeah, you may have some space to work on some of those other things. But as this thing goes on, I think the worry and stress of finances as well as health and job security, we don't tend to step into those other projects as well when when our minds are sort of weighed down. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, that's kind of a long way of answering. There may be some that enjoy this as a time to be creative. And man, I think a lot of us are going to end up stepping into things that just help us keep moving forward. Because whether it's us 
or people around us, there are, we all know dozens of people that have been impacted by this in ways that are really, really difficult. Mm -hmm. So, and and so I guess what I want to check, because I think for, for some people that they want to hear this is there's no one way to do things. No. Right. And so that's, I think that's the thing that we struggle with is we hear someone say it. There's like, Oh, that has to be the way. Then we hear someone else say it's like, Oh, that has to be the. I think we just have to find what works for us. And it may be different from what works yeah. for Jane Doe next door. Yeah. I mean, you, you've got to, you've got to compare you to you. Mm-hmm. Um, don't compare you to somebody else, whether that's social media or we should be inspired by other people, but we should compare ourselves to ourselves and go, okay, today, how am I doing? And mm-hmm. you know what? I'm, I've got to be physically active. It was like yesterday. I did not do well on being physically active. I, I just had too much weighing me down. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to eat healthy today, which I didn't do a great job of. But I'm going to make sure I get a lot of sleep. And so I got a really good night's sleep, which is hugely important. Mm-hmm. But you go, no, I'm, I'm glad other people are doing stuff or might have a day that's inspiring to me. But today, I need, to, I need to check and see, hey, where am I at? And then where are those people around me? Where are they at? Mm-hmm. Because instead of working on a project, I may need to just reach out and have a conversation with somebody that feels like they're isolated or is fearful, or I actually may need to help people out that I know that are struggling. So yeah, don't, don't compare. That's one of the real dangers is when we step into social media, if we use it wrong, we'll, we'll compare rather than being inspired by, and there's times that we're not inspired. I just got to go, okay, I'm not today. I'm not listening or looking at that. Yeah. And you know, social media, even the news nowadays can be oh. a blessing and a curse, guys. I mean, I'm I'm actually worried because my parents are always checking to see what's going on in the world. So the news is always on. And I understand why. But at the same time, my concern is they're, they're just hearing the negativity all yeah. the time. Right? Oh, no. It's, all it's not good. Doing. It's I not good. So No, it's not. I'm telling you right now, it's not. And that's one of the things that anxiety or worry will tell us is, yeah, so tell you, your folks are going to have to listen to this and they're going to be unhappy. We, when we look at the data, it's pretty consistent. A little bit of information helps to decrease anxiety. Too much information actually increases anxiety. More is not better because it's all we think about and talk about. You're like, no, we've got to get that sweet spot of, okay, here's the information I need. And that's it. Because if I keep staying plugged into this, my anxiety is going to be worse, not better. So it's like this virus. Really, in the past month or two, we have not learned anything new about the virus itself. Mm-hmm. It's highly contagious and it spreads quickly. Um, the mortality rate, we're still trying to get a feel for because we don't know how many people actually have it. So we can't figure out mortality without the other number. But it is, you know, it does have a higher mortality rate than flu. Um, it does not have nearly a mortality rate like Ebola. And so you go, okay, I, I've got the information I need. I need to check and see if there's anything that's changed in my city. And then I need to go live. I need to go step into some activities that are healthy for me. I need to reach out to people I care about and I love. I need to live. And the negativity that we consume 
information wise, we should we should count information calories like we count nutritional calories and how many steps we take a day because they absolutely have an impact on our mood and on our level of worry and anxiety. Absolutely. More is not better. I, I love what you said about living though. I mean, I think sometimes um, we're either living on the news or some of us, some of you guys, I'm, I'm gonna say it, you're living for the social. You're living for that yeah. Instagram and, and the Facebook and you're, how many of y'all went live in the last two weeks? This is just crazy. Um, and just, I just see y'all on, on social. So I actually had to curb myself. Yeah. I now try only to check Instagram and Facebook twice a day. Um, yeah. Whichever two periods. Yeah. I had to turn notifications off. Yes. Because I found that there was a uh, Pavlovian kind of. I know. Whenever I know. a ding or a notification, I would just swing to I'm, check I, to see what's so, going on. I had to turn I, them off. I, I still appreciate you saying that, Amy. I, I'm telling you, whether I love that, either checking it twice a day. Mm-hmm. I talked to somebody last week that she said she would start, before she looked at social media, she would start a song. And it, when the song was over, she was off social media. Oh, that's and I'm timer. like, okay, I don't care what you do, mm-hmm. but do something that helps you manage it and just check. Just go, okay, I just spent however long on social media. How do I feel? Do I feel better? Do I feel worse? Yeah. And go, okay, and look for patterns. So I'm and a fan. Yeah, yeah, I'm a fan of social media. If we're using it for the right reasons, mm-hmm. um, I'm a big fan of it. But man, we have to be careful and mindful of how we're consuming and how we're using it, or else it'll pull us in a very different direction. Yeah. And guys, that's what happened for me is I noticed, especially being sheltered in one place, that you know, the dings would happen more often because a lot of y'all are posting more and it was between Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And I was like, always checking. And at one point I was like, wait, didn't I just, nothing changed in like the two weeks except for a new post. And I was like, okay, no, this is ridiculous. Cause it was almost like it was glued to my hand. Oh no! And I was like, I, I'm not getting anything done. And I have a twin sister. And so you guys know, Jamie uh, is different for me in some ways. And one is she likes to do puzzles. She likes to, do things and, and relax that way. Uh, we, we do puzzles together now, but it's, it's different because I also have to be active. I have to like work on a project or the podcast or, yeah. or this upcoming project. And so for us, we operate differently. And so for me, I noticed I wasn't ha- between puzzles and working. I was like on social media and I was like, I can't do that. I'm not going to have enough time to do what mm-hmm. I want. So you got to find is, what works for you guys. Yes. And that is, actually, that is one of, if not the most important things for us to try to tease out of this situation is having a better understanding of how our minds work, where they do well and where they struggle and to monitor that. Um, I do really well when I stay active and I've got something scheduled. Um, if I'm not careful on weekends, I can end up spending way too much time in front of a TV mm-hmm. and I can end up isolating. And so I'm going, okay, I need to, am I keeping an eye on that and managing that? Or am I putting things on my calendar that help me be successful? Um, and, and that's, it's hugely important. And, and what helps me relax? What, like, I love reading. And so if I'm reading a book or listening to a, a book on tape, man, it's and a fascinating thing about books versus movies. It's when we read books, 
we actually allow an anxious mind to quiet down and to slow down because when we read, it requires a different part of our brain because we're in essence creating the movie, right? And so we relax in a way that just doesn't happen when we're watching movies. So, And sometimes why the imagination is better than movies, guys. Oh, I'm telling you, if you haven't done it in a while, you're missing out. This, that's one that I would recommend is, hey, grab a good book, totally fiction book, not something based on a virus or some <laughs> pandemic. I mean, stop don't, it. Don't read Stop it. No, that. read don't something that. that's just enjoyable, pleasurable, um, whether it's fiction or if it's historical, that just captures your imagination and yeah. see what happens when you read a book. Because I'm telling you, you might be surprised at, wow, I really find myself mm-hmm. just feeling better and relaxing. Yes, we got to figure that out. It, it's so important. And, and one of the things I think uh, a fear that people have for the listeners here is you're wasting time. And I, I have to disagree with you guys because I think, you know, when you're chasing dreams and we've talked about this, right? You're, each person's dream is different and how you chase it is different and the timeline is different. And I think a lot of you guys are scared because your life has been thrown into flux, right? Across the globe. Yes. Yeah. Um, and you're afraid you're losing time with it. But Kevin, what would you say to people who aren't sure what to do when their future is in flux and they're anxious and they're trying to do all these things to kind of focus and take one day at a time. But for those who are like, but my dream is kind of hanging there. What do I do? What would you say? Yeah. It's what we may be. And we do this all the time. We define our dreams very narrowly Mm -hmm. and we define it how we think, which unfortunately is a really limited perspective whether it's life or our health or circumstances, people that chase their dreams and are successful at it have an ability to adapt and overcome. Um, I think it's one of those critical pieces. And your dream now is probably developing and progressing in a way that you hadn't planned for, but it doesn't mean that it can't develop and progress. It's just you actually may have a chance now to develop some pieces that have to do with that dream that may be really critical that if it wasn't for this opportunity, you wouldn't have developed these skills or had these thoughts or had this conversation with somebody. And so, I mean, I know as, you know, ended up with I360, now we're in 13, 14 years of this, and I never imagined it being what it is today. But there were a lot of conversations that seemed like they were slow. And there were times that I had to manage my physical and mental health. And for me, that's, that's exercise or physical activity that I had to really work with my mind because there was always more work to do. Yeah. But if I didn't take care of my equipment, meaning my body and my mind, I was simply not going to be what I needed to be at the office. So I think it's valuing that. And when you look at other people that have chased after their dreams and been successful, they all manage their health and their mind really well. Yeah. Um, So I I would say think broader about your dream and that it's just had to shift. It Actually, all of this may be creating space for your dream to be possible in ways that you couldn't fathom. So... I'm not sure if you're familiar, but for anyone who has been living 
uh, on the socials might have heard, there is a DJ, D-Nice, who held the largest, biggest dance party Whoa. during the quarantine, the last few days, um, around April, March 23rd, 22nd, something like that. And everyone was in there. This is a man who is a DJ, popular, absolutely. But he went from having like 120K uh, followers to over a million at this point, all because he took his dream of DJing to the world and just yeah. DJed for 12 hours straight, something he wouldn't do yeah. if not for this, right? Where he probably never imagined that would be something he could do. That's it. I'm telling you. Yeah, it's your dream is not dependent on some life event. It's just not. Um, or our passions of what it is when we when we find our purpose, it's one, we have no idea how many people it'll reach and how many people it reaches is a byproduct of our desire for whatever this is. And so it's not a goal. Um, yes. Success lies in the hands of your God or this world, but your passion and purpose and your dream, that all lies in your hands. And if you look for opportunities and, and don't think, we, we have to really be careful about how we think of it because it's always wrong. I have been wrong more than <laughs> I've been right about where or when or how. I'm like, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to stay in love with what it is that's my passion and my dream. And how it, whatever the world does with it, I'm just going to try to ride I that. Love that. So, I I yeah, and, and that's the lesson I think I'm learning this year to yeah. just run with it. it. Yeah, it's a lot more fun, too, guys. I got to say it's so much more, it's fun. A lot more fun. Yeah. It, and I guarantee you, you'll be surprised by where it takes you. Um, now, maybe not this month or this year. It may be two years or three years. Right. Um, I tell my I, I've got some kids Well, they're not kids anymore. They're all grown adults in my house. But I always tell them, like, look, man, every day you interview for a job you don't know exists. Mm -hmm. So work in such a way, pursue your love and your passion, your dream in such a way that it's contagious. And you'll be surprised by where you end up. So I love it. Well, I was going to ask you what one thing people should do, but I think you said breathing. So, oh, man, I'm telling you, I've been blown away by it. Yes. that's breathing, a good one. Guys. I'm so, telling you. I'm not going to ask you about that, but we do need to get to know you. So it's time okay. for five questions. Oof. All right. All right. Here we go. Okay. Question number one. What is the funniest prank you've pulled? <laughs> okay. Here's, here's the most recent one that is absolutely hysterical. Okay. So we're on the second floor of an office building. We've got, I don't know, eight or 9,000 square feet. We got a big tree outside and this lady, this lady in the office is just great. We just love her. She's just so funny. We've also got one of those small Polaroids. So somebody takes a picture of it, blows it up into an eight by 10. They've climbed up this tree outside our office and have wood screwed her picture outside this window in that tree. <laughs> it is. It is absolutely hysterical. It's absolutely like her picture is hanging in a tree outside our office oh building. And it's absolutely, it's just genius. So I'm going to go with that one because that was just yesterday. And she's like, who put my picture in that tree? And we're like, I don't know, but I am shocked by this. 
So and there you go. She, if she didn't know about it two months ago, she might know now. now. Yeah, now she's <laughs> going to know. Yep. Uh, okay. Question number two. Could college football's best team beat the NFL's worst team? No, not happening, people. Not happening. No? No, not happening. The yeah, difference between high school and college athletes is just shocking. The difference between college and pros, shocking. So I'm going with no. All right. That's fair. That was strong. That sounded like I really... Yeah, I think you really believe that, but I, I, I might lean towards that too. You're, okay. I, right. I, think, I, I think the levels are different. different There's a kind reason of... there are levels. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. All right. Question number three. What is the funniest movie ever made? Oh my gosh. Funniest movie ever made. Mm-hmm. Oh man. God, there's so many rattling around in my head. Where do you, which one do you go with? There's almost no wrong answer. Almost. I know. Gosh, do you, oh God, that's really good. Whether it's a classic or more recent. Now I'm, a, I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting one. For some reason, Caddyshack comes to mind. Hmm. I don't okay. know why, but it's I a don't. Classic? Yeah, that is kind of a classic. Yeah, what was your choice? What was yours? I was going to go Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh my gosh, that is so spectacular. Oh, and Robin Williams. Yeah, almost anything he does is hilarious, right? It's just wanna, genius. Just him or um, Bill Murray would have I know, won, that, that's why I went with right? Caddyshack, I know. And then, um, oh, oh I, I love Mr. Steve Martin. His stuff is also hilarious. Oh. So it, it's it's a tough one. That's, I, that's, that's tough. Caddyshack, I think, is a good call. I'm going to go with Caddyshack. Okay. I don't like that question. All right, question number four. What's your favorite purchase from last year? Favorite purchase from last year. Um, was it my AirPods? I think. I think it was my AirPods. That's a good I one. think. Yeah, I was like, okay, I did not know these are so spectacular. I'm going with they, AirPods. Yeah, the way they switch between devices, right? So smoothly. Oh, I don't know how Apple does it, but seriously, I think. I think. Yes, I'm going with AirPods because I remember after I got them, telling people I think they're better than the iPhone. I know I got carried away. <laughs> I did, I did, maybe, but I'm going with AirPods. I, I know, just a little bit, but I'm going with AirPods. Okay, mm, hold on, I might do a different. Let's see. Uh, all right, question number five, last one. Kay. What's your least favorite exercise? Uh, okay. I got to go with yoga. Now, having said that, right? I keep trying to do it and I keep going. But every time I step into yoga, I'm like, I'm not going to live through this. I'm not <laughs> going to live through this hour, man. How do these people do this? And then I'm not going to be able to put my shoes on for like three days. It's, it's the funniest mental challenge. I, I'm like literally, and I go quite a bit. I'm like, oh God, what am I doing? I'm not going to be able it's and now now it's really challenging for me because I'm like it is really good for you and I'm a huge fan of it. I've also learned a lot about how my mind works, but I'm going to go with the yoga. So, huh. Yoga. I do love it though. It's a love hate. The, the the best ones are they say. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Kevin, uh, for all these people who are just learning about you, where can they go to connect with you online? Yeah, you can catch me at i360 Dallas, so Innovation 360, um, or Instagram at 
Dr. Dr. Underscore Kevin G um, are a couple of the easiest places to catch me. And yeah, we do. It's funny. You talk about everybody going live on Instagram and I just keep shying away from it because I'm like, man, there's so many people doing it, but I don't know. I occasionally will finally go live and go, Hey, here's some stuff. That's just good medicine. Give it a try at home. So I do try to give people some things that we know are helpful and work for people. Um, but yeah, those are the two easiest places to track me down. Fantastic. Kevin, thank you so much for being on the show, for sharing your insights, which I think were amazingly helpful guys, please follow connect with Kevin. All the information is on the show notes, which you can find at amyj21.com slash episode 222. That's episode 222. And until next time, don't stop. Keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at amyj 21 that's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Be sure to visit headquarters over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing. Keep chasing.